Hey guys, welcome to DreamWork. As always, I am Colin Delaney. In a moment, I will be joined by my tag team partner, Cheech. We are the independent wrestling tag team known as To Infinity and Beyond. As we do every week, we are back here talking about the greatest tag teams of all time and what made them so great. Uh, do we need a jingle? Should there be like intro music? How do you even get like a podcast jingle? Where do those come from? If I Google that, can I find that? Hmm. Anyways, uh, this week is uh, a team that didn't have a lot of uh, championship accolades. Not a lot to talk about off the first uh, half of the podcast, but uh, a very special one to me. They're were, they were one of my favorites. Uh, 2000, 2001 was like my peak fandom in wrestling and really where I was like, I'm doing this. I I'm going to be a professional wrestler. So that all being said, the team of Mikey Whipwreck and Tajiri were, uh, were it for me, you know, uh, Mikey Whipwreck from watching him growing up. He was always the little guy who always fought back, always got beat down, but, you know, managed to come out on top. And by 2000, 2001, he was just honestly one of the best wrestlers uh, going there. And Tajiri, I mean, speaks for itself. Come on. Who didn't love Tajiri? I dare you. Please, please, if you didn't like Tajiri, I would love to hear from you. Who are you? Where did you come from? Do you even like wrestling? Anyways, so yeah, uh, they didn't have a lot of championship accomplishments, and as we found out, they didn't even have a whole lot of matches together, but man, were they great, and it was great to talk about them, and uh, yeah, let's dive right in. Accompanied to the ring by the Sinister Minister, the team of Yoshihiro Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck, the Unholy Alliance. Hey, Cheech. What's up, buddy? Remember that time we did a podcast about the Outsiders and we were like, man, I didn't realize how few matches they had. This is crazy. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, boy. Let's get into it. I see. Uh, well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I clicked on the cage match for Mikey Whipwreck and Tajiri, the Unholy Alliance, and it listed eight results okay yes well here i'll skip ahead a little bit my initial thoughts were worried because of that very reason yeah i, I phew, there is i do not remember i thought their run was a lot longer no because they uh it would have been but then the company went out of business yeah i, I mean i guess so i, I just I, I think of like 2000s ECW tag team wrestling is like the like the era like it felt like it went on forever for me yeah no I you talked glowingly you were all about it and I I was too but I knew what I was getting into you did not apparently no no I did not Cheech I did not know that I was getting into uh 18 matches although I will say cage match uh is definitely missing some it's not the the end all be all it's just a a nice little guide that i go off of oh no it's a hell of a resource a hell of a resource and i'm glad i was gonna ask you how many they had because i didn't actually look i just knew that 
when I looked them up on the network, there wasn't a lot. Uh, the number is 18, and it also includes one from uh, – it includes, like, two random indie matches they had uh, post-ECW, like a 2012 and, like, a 2018. Um, we were there for two of them. It doesn't include either of those on their cage match. Okay, but, like, yeah, I mean, a long time ago, 2CW brought Tajiri in the team with Mikey, and they, those matches are online, but I didn't want to watch them because I was like, oh, I, I'd seen them. I was there. Yeah, I, I also I also did not. Because I, yeah, I saw you can also find uh, one of the Japanese matches online. Yes. Went, I went straight 2000s ECW. Here it was. Uh, I, you gave your preliminary thoughts. I, I was excited. Uh, very excited. I'm, I'm a huge Tajiri fan. Clearly a huge Mikey Whipwreck fan. So uh, I remember uh, fondly of their tag team matches. So I I was excited. Yeah, no, I know you were, when I brought it up, you were pumped. You were like, Oh, I want to do that. I was like, all right, I'm in. But I, like I said, my preliminary thoughts were worried because I knew there weren't a ton of matches, but okay. Here's something I did notice. Uh, there was no ramp up period. Like, I'm not sure what their first match was, but like they were great from the get go. Oh yeah. Uh, We will get to that after. And it's not going to take us long to get through their accomplishments. Yeah, let me hear them. <laughs> they are one-time ECW tag champs. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, they won them in a tournament in 2000. I'm not sure if you watched the tournaments, but you can in pieces on Hardcore TV. It's all out of order. I'm aware. Don't worry. I knew it by heart because I have the VHS. That shit was gold in 2000. You had to get wow. the VHS like ASAP. So I got to thinking and I was like, you know what? I I bet they weren't the 2000 PWI tag team of the year, but uh, maybe they were runner up or second runner up or third runner up because the PWI does a a bunch of runners up. And I was like, man, they did have a hot run. Maybe they were at least like uh, third runner up or something. They were not. (laughs) Really? Uh, the Observer gave the award to Edging Christian, and so did PWI. Okay. Uh, the runner-up was the Hardys. The second runner-up was the Dudleys, and the third runner-up was Chronic in 2000. See, that's just that's just big league bias. I don't buy it. Well, it's crazy because then I was like, I got to thinking, <clears throat> if you're not going to put Mikey and Tajiri on there, you at least have to put the FBI on there. No, I could see them not, even though they were the champs predominantly. But, uh, yeah, no, I could see them not. I could see them not. They Were they? No. no okay, I, was gonna say, I could see them not getting any love. <laughs> no, Chronic is on there, Cheech. Chronic. Bro. Okay, maybe this is me. This is a, a Mandela effect thing. Okay, if anybody remembers this, let me know. I feel like they had it. Didn't they have a shtick where it was Chronic? 419 and then it's it would say got a minute uh, i i don't i don't remember i don't know i feel like i tried looking it up i thought it was like a t-shirt and i can i can't find it on the internet so i think i just imagined it you you may have imagined it when we do our episode on chronic <laughs> uh, it's going to be real interesting because i could I, i've probably seen two chronic matches in my entire life and uh yeah, that, that, that'll be some uncharted territory for me. Here, I'll bring it full circle. 
uh, on an ROH bus trip, Mikey came on and was looking for, dare I say, he called it French cigarettes, but I assume he was talking about uh, uh, Brian Adams and Brian Clark, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Woof. But yeah, so uh, a- so French cigarettes in honor. I may have had some French cigarettes and Doritos like it was 2000 all over again. Wow. When we do an episode on chronic, I'm going to like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll smoke some marijuana or something. Oh, no, I won't. I probably won't. <laughs> I don't know if that'll make it any better though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need to do something. Well, you know, it was uh, enjoyable as hell. The unholy Alliance, which, okay. Like, oh, did, do you, do, do you commonly call them the unholy Alliance? No, I just, uh, I threw it out there early because, uh, yeah, they had a tag team name. No, I know. They totally did. And I remember when we were trying to think of teams with no name, I distinctly remember. I go, oh, no, no. Mikey and Tajir were the Unholy Alliance. I remember that. But it was still always just Mikey and Tajir. You know what I mean? Do you know who else was the Unholy Alliance? Can you name the other Unholy Alliance? Yes, because it also came up in the WWE Network search. That would be Big Show and Undertaker, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was only like a couple matches was that one SummerSlam match, which we covered in the KNX box, when was a good match. So like Unholy Alliance is a is a is a successful team name. Let's put it that, that way at least. That match did rule, actually. Right? I'm just saying, the Unholy Alliance, both versions had really good... Okay, uh, we'll up it. Had great pay-per-view matches. Yeah, that was that was something that, that struck me about uh, Mikey and Tajiri. So let's get into uh, what matches you watched, Cheech. Okay, I watched uh, probably the same ones you did right off the network. I hit them all. York and Matthews, uh, Easy Money and Julio De Niro, the FBI... Simon and Swinger, Lynn and Dreamer, uh, FBI, 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 uh, Kid Cash and Super Crazy, Kid Cash and Super Crazy, and FBI in a three-way, and then another FBI to take her home. Yeah, uh, pretty much nailed it. I don't have anything on that list that uh, that you did not have. Uh, the FBI a hundred times, uh, hot commodity as I have them listed. <laughs> yes, they're so good. Uh, York and Matthews, Crazy and Cash, that wacky three-way with Crazy and Cash, more FBI, the Dreamer and Lynn and uh, Swinger and Simon Diamond. Uh, okay, so, uh, can we talk about how ECW ran three-way tags? Well, didn't they run it like everything they ran where it was just do whatever you want? Uh, yes and no, but like three guys start in the ring together. They They run it like two triple threat matches going on concurrently yeah uh okay it's weird because which one okay um i liked it in the tournament finals oddly i like the three-way attempt at simultaneous stuff with uh with swinger simon lynn and dreamer more yeah. so than i liked when they did it with the kid cash crazy and fbi but here's the caveat the three-way stuff stunk in the latter one, the FBI and Kid Crash Crazy one, because the white guys were screwing all the crap up in the beginning. <laughs> Don't go blaming the white guys, Cheech. Well, no, no, it's because literally I was like, oh, this one was a little off because Mikey was a little off. Uh, Kid Cash really stunk up the joint. And then I was like, 
Oh, wait, when the international guys get in, when Crazy, Tajiri, and Guido get in, I go, oh, it'll get way better. I go, oh, the white guys are messing it up. You only say that Kid Cash blew that one spot, but he blew it hard. Yeah, <laughs> and he no, just, I know. He just he did that thing where he messed it up, but he just kept flailing and like trying to make something out of it, and it just kept getting worse. But yeah, that was my notes where I was like, oh, they're trying to. But oddly, it was weird. Like I remember when Dreamer was doing it in the tag in the tag finals tournament, uh, I thought it was smooth and made sense, and I was like, wow, they're doing that really well. Yeah, so, uh, but once you were alluding to this earlier, uh, there is no ramp up period and they rule right out the gate. Holy cow, do they ever! Uh, not like uh, I think, uh, in almost every match, I mentioned something about a new double team or a wacky double team or cool double teams in almost every match, and none of those moves are the same move. Bro, it's crazy. Like, like I'm watching this, and okay, I strike myself a fancy move guy, and uh, I love a good counter or, like, a new way to get into something. And I've learned, you know, as I've gotten older to, you know, maybe hold those back. These two are busting out new stuff. Like, they're a bunch of, like, 21-year-old indie guys who just learned how to do, like, Dragon Gate style. Yeah, no, and they do, but it's it's so, yeah, they they work so well as a team instantly. This is this is kind of a kind of a trend in the uh, a couple here. Uh, the Hollywood Blondes had it going on. A couple teams where we just watched and we go, man, right off the rip, these two, these two just they just gel, they mesh. Yeah, uh, the weird thing. Uh, one of my notes was, uh, it's funny. Mikey wrestles more like a cruiserweight after WCW. Yeah, he does. Uh, at one point, I did write. Uh, can totally see how Mikey went on to train all those su- super indie dudes. Okay, that was the other thing. Uh, which match was it? Okay, it was the FBI match that aired on Hardcore TV on September eighth which I think was like the second round of the tournament. But like you had mentioned, they, the, they, the, the, its appearance on TV is all screwed up. But I still, I, I was able to jigsaw it together. Uh, but in that match, I put, uh, you can tell, because I wasn't sure, I'm not sure if the positive of the timeline, Mikey was either the head trainer or like the assistant trainer who was doing all the stuff at the school at this time. And he's just got that ton of ring time smoothness to him that I was just like, damn, Mikey's good. Oh, that's a good point. Was he was he like assistant trainer at the ECW uh, dojo? Exactly. This is right towards the end in 2000. So I think this is right when he's doing that and even doing his own stuff. And this may even be like SAT may even be around. Well, right. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember hearing like uh, uh, talks of guys like the SATs and stuff were like on the ECW radar towards the end before they closed. Yep, them Backstreet Boys, or Backstreet Backseat Boys, uh, low-key, funny enough, uh, shout-out Outcast Killers, just because they had the hookup through DeVito, but yeah, technically, I think they were scratching at a dark match, too, like, it was crazy. But yeah, yeah I'm, what, pretty what sure, I'm pretty sure if the math correct, yeah, he's he's training, and there may be a Maximo or two in his in his school right now while he's doing this, so that's why he looks phenomenal in there, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, even like uh, the the super crazy Kid Cash, not to jump all the way ahead, but the, the straight up super crazy Kid Cash match, uh, they had a fun, innovative open with just Kid Cash and Mikey. Fuck what you're talking about, the white guys messing things up. They had a dope <laughs> open. No, I know. Dude, okay, fun fact, a little side tangent, uh, young good christian boy i still am but having to go to church every weekend got in trouble because he went to mid hudson civic center and was they were talking about me uh went to the mid hudson <laughs> civic center and was such a mikey whitbrick fan he bought fucking crappy hair dye at red uh, red dye at hot topic did my hair red like mikey like an idiot and then i had to like sneak into church and sit in the back with my weird red hair as my dad was pissed and then uh it was one of those ones where it was like 20 washes and it's out so I had to sit there like all day and just continuously wash my hair as my, my angry dad was mad. <laughs> wow. I did not dye my hair red. <laughs> well, it was one of those things. It, was, it said, I was like, oh, it washes out in like 20 uses. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to be rebellious. What a time to be alive. Yeah, man. So that was 2000. That's how much I liked Mikey. And then going back and watching, I was like, man, I forgot. I still forgot how good he was back then. It was pretty. I I was just I was blown away by him because I was just like, wow, he really is good. Uh, And watching it back, one thing about that I kept I also kept noting Tajiri's kicks never get old. Okay, uh, here's here's my wacky take. Um, If the crowd is an orchestra. Tajiri's feet is John Williams. You won't get that. He's the guy who does all the Star Wars music. But like, I get it. Okay, I'm sorry. I know you're not a Star Wars guy, but like, dude, like, I, his he's so his feet are so powerful in the in how they own the crowd. Well, yeah, and uh, there's times where like it's like oh, there's like a lull where there's just like some uh, random moves going on. Tajiri comes in and throws a kick, and that crowd explodes. Yeah, literally anything can be going on, and he could just casually walk in and throw one kick, and every eyeball is on his foot. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to ask, do you think they were just created as a foil for the FBI? Wow, I didn't think that. I assumed, and then I kind of, I don't know, this is what I always assumed, it was like, oh, they were two mid-card guys, um, and they just needed to do something. I also remember, I feel like the tag tournament was a big thing where they kind of just threw people together. Yeah, so maybe maybe it was just that in the tag tournament, that match worked so well, so they just stuck with the team and, and kept running it back? I guess, because, yeah, obviously they were they were – they they were FBI fans, ECW, as you know what I mean, especially going in like the tournament and beyond, that 2000 and beyond, I feel like was a whole new phase of the tag division. I feel like they were definitely behind FBI, and I feel like they were like, all right, let's try Mikey to Jir, and they're like, oh, they go really well with them, so let's just keep going because we have this good feud here. I feel like if, you know, if like Simon and Swinger had a good feud with them, they would have run it. You know what I mean? They had a good five or six teams too, you know what I mean? Yeah, correct. And it was it's actually surprising how they did really only wrestle the FBI and then you sprinkle in all the other teams. Like they wrestled Hot Commodity once, they wrestled York and Matthews once. They got in that crazy and cash thing down towards the end, but they did once and then a uh, a three-way tag. So like other than that it's all FBI stuff. Yeah, I know, but at that time you got to think there's Doring and Roadkill, there's the Baldies, um, uh, there's Balls and whoever you go to with Tanaka, you know what I mean? Like 
But no, they just they were like, oh no, we've basically they found their Midnight Express versus. Are you there? Did did you die? What happened? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> I I didn't hear you say rock and roll, and I was waiting for you to say rock and roll, and it just never happened. Oh, sorry, I must have cut out for a sec. But yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, they found their team. They found their feud, and they were like, oh, no, no, let's just run with this. And I assume they thought, oh, we're going to be in business for a while. We can get to the other things, and they did not. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but also, I noted it when they weren't wrestling the FBI. I, I tried to sprinkle in an FBI every other because I didn't want to just keep hammering them out. But I did the hammer sign of the Anarchy Rules. I did November to Remember. I I, I went up, up the dial here. But I noted that their matches are best with the FBI, and the other teams, uh, like York and Matthews, are not as good on the bump and sell as the FBI. They're, they're, they just don't move as quick and as smooth as the FBI does with Mikey and Tajiri. Yeah, it's funny. You say you think Mike and Tajiri were put together to for the benefit of the FBI. It's really the FBI ends up being to the benefit of Mikey and Tajiri because, oh, my God, all they do are hit moves. There's which match is it? Uh, uh, the one on. OK, Anarchy Rules is 99 percent offense for the Unholy Alliance. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, there's like one cutoff, maybe, and then something screwy into the finish. Other than that, it's Mikey and Tajiri just hitting move after move after move. It's crazy. Huh. Yeah, uh, that's true. I, I In the uh, the last one I watched was the one with the FBI and Super Crazy and Kid Cash. Okay, yeah. And uh, <laughs> at one point, Tajiri comes in on a comeback, and he does like hooks Mamaluke in wacky spinny submission and then like dick kicks guido and goes into another wacky spinny submission and just drops him on his head and i was like what is he even doing oh yeah he's just having fun it's that's the thing like that's the other reason like he was busting out stuff that he just had in his back pocket that like new york city crowds or philly american crowds were just not ready for it so anytime he right. puts those out, the crowd's like, I don't know what's going on, but I can't stop clapping. I can't stop clapping. Uh, the finish. Oh, no, not the finish to the three-way. The finish to just Super Crazy and Kid Cash was bananas. Which one was that? The one where he puts the uh, the chairs on top of Super Crazy, then puts the table over him, oh. and then just stomps the table, which breaks into jagged pieces facing towards him. No, no, no. Completely gross, etc., etc., etc. I wasn't the biggest fan of that match. I feel like that match would have been better if it was a straight tag and then one table bump. I feel like it got weird in the middle, and they were just like, oh, let's kill time until we get to another chair and table spot. Like That's the thing. I felt like sometimes it got a little gluttonous in ECW. And I was just like, man, I kind of just want them to have this like a badass, just straight up tag. It was like, oh, no, no, we got to meander for five minutes to get a table and then tease it and then put you through it. Yeah, it, you're not wrong because that's the one that did have that really fun open with Mikey and Cash and then Crazy and Tajiri have, you know, their almost usual fun open, but it never gets old. Time out. Uh, uh, let's take okay. a sweet, let's take a, let's take a tangent to that. Every time their opens are always different. They're always evolved in some way. It's amazing. 
Well, no, sure, for sure, but it's not like uh, it's not like I haven't seen it before in every uh, iteration. But it's it never it's never not awesome. <laughs> like I don't know. At least in these tag matches, I'm sure maybe in all their other singles, like I was keeping a keen eye, and I was like, all right, let me see, and I was like, wow. Every opens different. Like, yes, there's probably like uh, a Greco-Roman knuckle lock in there somewhere. But like in one of them, it was like they were going for big stuff right off the rip before they went into the Lucha. And then another one, they were going into strikes before the Lucha. And then the other one, they just went straight into the Lucha. I was like, wow, they always at least make an effort to keep it different. And then part of me starts going like, who is that? Is that Tajiri or crazy? I think crazy because I feel like Luchadors are just more into that. I don't know. That's my take. Yeah, maybe uh, it's probably a combination of both. They, I mean, uh, I know me. I, I don't like to do the same thing over and over again. Even if I've worked with that person over and over again, I don't like to do the same exact stuff. I like to mix it up. Oh no, definitely. But you know, what I mean, at least there's still, you know, there's still you're still gonna hit some of the hits in there, but you'll have different uh, story to tell usually. And they're same thing. Like you knew they were gonna do lucha in some way, but they always had a different reason why and then when and how they were getting in and out of it. I just really appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, what do you call their one solid double team? Does it have a name? Which one? The double leg hook, hook arms, rollover guy? Not a clue. I called it a double rolly guy in my notes. Yeah, I think I said the roll-through deal or the roll-through gimmick or something. It's it's the one constant, though. I mean, they win the York and Matthews match with it. They usually – so it's usually like – but they always change it up. So it's that that part's the constant, and then they were doing Brain Buster. Yep. Uh, but they also did like toss-up Gut Buster, double drop kick. They did uh, – what was the other one? They did another one, too, and I was like, man, they're just <sighs> – yeah, they were always evolving. That's the one thing. Like, I, that's why I was worried when we we're only going to have so few matches. I was like, oh, crap. If there's only so many, it might be very formulaic. Not at all. Even in the double teams, which I just, once again, same thing. I started going, well, who is that? Is that Mikey or Tajiri? And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Tajiri just had such a deep wrestling acumen being, you know, having wrestled all over the world before he came to ECW. I feel like he just had like, and plus, you can see it in Japanese structure of matches, like the heavy double team sequences. I was like, it's got to be him. But I feel like Mikey was like, all right, let's try these double teams. But I feel like Tajiri was just like, let's get combo, combo, combo. Like, it was crazy. Man. Uh, yeah. I can't remember which match it was in. I feel like it was in the super crazy uh, kid cash match that I keep going back to. Super crazy or uh, Tajiri put super crazy in a sharpshooter in between the ropes just so Mikey can leg drop him. All right, let's get to that. Uh, that that was my big one for the evolution. First, it was, okay, a guy gets his head in the ropes and Mike, Mikey does the slingshot over leg drop. He was doing that for a while. There were different ways he'd get the guy's head. And then all of a sudden, it was Tajiri randomly. I was like, what's going on here? Puts him in sharpshooter. He does the slingshot over leg drop. The last one I saw, I don't know, chronologically – but it was he put him in a Boston crab and then Sinister Minister comes over and puts a chair on top. So now it's a three man spot for the whole crew. It's amazing. But that's a perfect example of the evolution. It was just a thing Mikey did. That is a thing Mikey and Tajiri did. And then by the end, it was Mikey, Tajiri and Sinister Minister were all involved. 
can I just say I don't believe Sinister Minister to be the most necessary cog in the wheel for them? <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Here's where his cog was necessary. The promos. I watched a few, but I remember as a kid, like I had a, I downloaded some clip where it was just like all their, all their videos, put all their promos together. It would, that's where he was gold. Yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, watching him on the floor, like uh, he's, he's definitely no Bill Alfonso. He's not adding to the, the, the fun in the match almost ever. No, but didn't he have he had a spot where he did uh, the the testicular claw in one of them on on Mama Luke, I think. So I was like, at least, but but even then, they're such a good team. They get him involved. Like I thought they were a very good combination. Like yeah, he maybe didn't do much on the outside, but I feel like for presentation wise, it made it kind of brought everything together because you're like, all right, it's a crazy white guy with red hair, a crazy Asian guy, and oh, a wacky minister. Oh, okay, it makes sense now. <laughs> and that's what made them unholy, I suppose. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Uh. What else did I have to talk? Let me see. What were my notes? Oh, they had combos right off the rip. Um. Oh yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Uh, like it's it's kind of fun because I feel like they work right off the get but we are seeing them kind of figuring it out. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. They do get better as a team as it goes on. But right off the get, they were like, hmm, what is this crowd like? Okay, they're like big. They gave them double teams and combos. Like, that's the one thing that's constant throughout all the teams we cover, why they're so great at their time. They just know what the crowd wants and gives it to them. Yeah, man. And like I said, when the crowd goes down, Tajiri's just about to kick somebody. That crowd's coming right back up. Yeah, man. And, okay, another thing I, not- I noted was uh, that super loud ring totally helps. Like, oh, my gosh, there are so many things that, like, ECW did right. They had a loud ring. They had stiff ropes for everybody to do every springboard they wanted. Like, it was very pro the wrestler. The ring helped a lot. Oh, definitely, yeah, and all the sound it made, and all the the noise when someone made like took a big bump. That like, there's nothing worse than when you see this big, gigantic, scary looking bump, and you know it sucked, but like you can't hear nothing. The ring doesn't make any noise, and it's like, oof. Yeah, every time poor Mama Luke had to take a double Alabama slam, at least it sounded like hell. So the crowd was like, "Oh my god!" If he was just to go thud and it made no noise, oh my god, it would have hurt twice as much. Man, the FBI gave Mikey a top rope double power bomb. It was bananas. Oh my god! What uh, Mama Luke doing the side rushing off the second? He was killing himself every time he did. I was like, oh my god, Mama Luke, you're killing yourself. Yeah, and and I you kind of touched on it earlier, but where some of the matches lose me a bit is when they try to go uh into the extreme realm of it with the tables and the chairs and the the shenanigans once they get too far uh off uh, off regular like wrestling it it kind of uh was less enjoyable for me i am physically agreeing with you you can't see it but i am bro exactly <laughs> like i like uh it really pissed me off in the in i it was one of the ones with kid cash and crazy because i was like man they had such a great open and then, like, I knew it was leading up to the Rana through the table on the outside. And I was like, oh, man, that one's going to be so good. And then 
but the middle just got it got funky and i was just like damn it if they would have just been like all right let's do a straight tag and at the end we'll do one table bump it was like it would have been awesome but they were like oh no it's pay-per-view let's have three table bumps or i think it was like two table bumps in a chair spot or something yeah i i like the i like the chair spot the the double drop kick to the chair uh on the apron that that one it, it, we got it a couple times and it, it popped me every time Oh, but oh my God, the guy taking it had to, you know, hold the chairs for his ultimate demise. I was like, he can't see what's coming. He has to help me. <laughs> Literally, he has to help himself die. Like the first time I saw Guido, I just felt bad. I was like, oh, poor Guido. Guido's used to it. He loves it. Get him an MGD, nine in the morning. He's fine. No, I know. And he was so great in these two, man. Oh, that was the one thing uh, I liked. Uh, tell me if you noticed as the as you watch someone chronologically, everyone's gear got a little bit better as it went on. Yeah. 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 Mama Luke, uh, Mama Luke had like that red, green, black combo by the end. I don't know what Guido's was doing. Yeah. Guido always had like his old ones on, but eventually he got like new ones. And then same thing with like Mikey started figuring out like, or he'd always wear something weird. Uh, but yeah, there were just some ones where I was just like, wow, they look even better this week. And then it'd be like a week later, the new hardcore TV and be like, oh, they look even cooler. I was like, oh, they get everything down. Which once again, oh, it just drives me nuts. I was like, why did, what, okay. The, what, the last match was guiltiest charge for, for these guys was the, the three-way tag. Uh, it, I think it's the opener. And I was like, it's a hot crowd that's packed. Uh, how did ECW go out of business again? Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I I don't know because we're watching this all, all the way right up until the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Six like, months, basically. The last six months of the company we're watching, and it's just like the crowds are bonkers. Yeah, going nuts, filling the Hammerstein, filling. Uh, I mean, seemingly whatever place they're in, they had. Then they have toys coming out. They had. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, it's it's well documented. Uh, exactly. <laughs> what happened but once again getting your eyes on these crowds and like what's going on and it's like holy smokes i know part of me was like i've been watching a lot of i've been trying to watch the ecw stuff that i'm not as familiar with so i think i did like i went through 95 96 i think i'm going to like 97 now or no i think i'm in 98 now but i've been going through and i was like man i really need to dig into some of this late 2000 stuff i know it wasn't the best but uh what i kind of liked was like it's it's the production values of like it's shiny it's well shot like it doesn't look you know what I mean like in ECW you kind of think a little bit grittier and I was like no in 2000 in the end like they had good production value I know I kind of hated it I started the one pay-per-view and it had like that that new-ish uh ECW intro that was like too polished and I was like Meh. okay I mean maybe that stuff but I mean as far as just watching the matches I was like oh okay I like that it's got like a little sheen on it you know what I mean Oh no, I, I agree for the matches for sure, but like some of the other stuff, like the the grit was what made me enjoy it. it was it's kind of what drew me to it. And then like when it's too like shiny and nice at the end, it's like Meh, I don't know. Well, like I said, I went through all the old stuff, so now seeing this, I was like, oh, this is kind of refreshing. I was like, I forgot about this era. I got to check into it. Oh, I can watch this. Unlike uh, the Headhunters against. Uh, Miguel Perez and Tank the Terminator or whatever Bill DeMott's name was. Yeah, no, I know. But those were fun. Those are just fun because all the weird angles they did back then were kind of weird and, and ahead of their time. Which, okay, speaking of ahead of their time, let's move on to, uh, I wanted to point out the, the three-way of Guilty as Charged. 
that multi-man of two uh, or uh, a three-way tag, something we're very familiar with, they're not very far off for modern day. The only thing I think that separates us, the today's multi-bands from those multi-bands, we've been doing them a little longer, so the transitions are a little bit better. But I was like, man, that three-way tag, for the most part, is very modern day. Yeah, uh, and uh, fuck anybody who gets gets on, uh, oh, they didn't even tag. They didn't tag at all back then. <laughs> yeah, there were never any rules. So it was like they, that that was they were technically playing within the rules by not tagging. Yeah, uh, I, I just every time I thought it was weird that they started with uh, all like three on threes or not three on three, like a one on one on one instead of just two guys in. Uh, when I wrote that it was uh, the three-way open attempts were not good by the three white guys, I did write in parentheses, because timeline adds up. Torimon, somewhere in Torimon, the Torimon roster in Japan is just laughing, going, eh, 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 suckers. <laughs> you know, because they were doing that stuff at that time, but doing it impeccably and phenomenally. Oh, my God. But, yeah, watching this, I was just like, wow, you know, they really are ahead of their time when they're doing this three-way stuff. At least they're attempting. No, for sure. But, once again, uh, Mikey Whipwreck is kind of one of the forefathers of the current, uh, you know, style of wrestling. I know. It's crazy. And think about it. It goes – a huge chunk of it goes back to this team. Yeah. No, for sure. So, if we can can break it down, what made this – team so great okay one of the big things is they felt like a team you know what i mean despite them being technically two guys put together they felt like a team uh what was my other note oh they were you wouldn't suspect it but they were technically proficient enough to wrestle anyone like uh one of my notes was uh oddly mikey and tajiri were very similar like you wouldn't think so but at this time mikey was a great wrestler and his big thing was he was crazy and he made wacky faces. What was Tajiri's thing? He was a great wrestler and he made wacky faces. So they were kind of like uh, opposite sides of the same coin, So, which I think contributed to making them feel very much like a team despite being, you know, two singles guys put together. And once again, they knew what the crowd wanted and they gave it. The crowd wanted moves or not. The crowd didn't know they wanted moves. That's how ahead they were. They were like, oh, we're going to give them this style of combos and high speed and boom, boom, boom. And they don't even know what they're ready for. But once we give it to them, they're going to eat it up. And they totally did. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think about that. How, I mean, looking at them while they were teaming, they're so different, but they are so similar. Uh, and I think there's something to be said for the chemistry that they had right off the rip. Like that's something that you just can't, you can't replicate it like either sometimes either you got it or you don't you can get better chemistry but to start with chemistry like that is like oh you're you're making a huge mistake if you don't run with this especially when you look at it on the surface they appear to be such different people you know what i mean yeah yeah but they worked like you said uh, two sides of the same coin like uh their offense was kind of uh different but similar could all work together in concert to uh create you know something good and they were full of moves 
Yeah, but you know, I mean, even if you want to, you know, break it super base down, one was throwing kicks, one was throwing whippersnappers, but the crowd loved both, so they could get away with doing them in abundance, and the crowd every time would respond. You know, what I mean, every time he had a whippersnapper, the crowd went crazy too. Yeah, that one match, you did it onto a chair and then through a table. Oh, his poor butt. That's all I kept thinking. The ones broken stuff, I caramba. Oof. Yeah, he, he was hitting. He was hitting that second rope guy a bunch. I know. And then the poor, poor FBI were just. But once again, the FBI were just made to take all nine million of their moves. <laughs> Agreed. I could watch Tony Mamaluke get kicked by Tajiri, probably on an eight-hour loop and not get sick of it. Yeah, man. Some of that stuff was just. It was just so good. And like some of it, I felt was very much just like on the fly, like. Tajiri kicked him, and he's like, well, he's still standing. Let it give him, like, two or three more. And the other guy's like, I'll be there for it. <laughs> and the crowd's like, we will cl- we will cheer louder for each kick. Thank you. Okay, and even once again, evolution. He would throw kick, kick by the, the second to last one. It was the December one, I think, at the Mad House of Extreme, the Elks Lodge in Queens, which I've been to. Uh, that one, he knows the crowd loves it, so he starts doing, like, kick, kick, and then he just, uh, he eventually evolved into, like, he was doing it in the Fed, too, where it's the flurry. Yeah. Where it was, like, punch, punch, kick, kick, punch, punch, kick, punch, kick, 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 punch, 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 and the crowd just going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And anytime Super Crazy and Tajiri looked at each other in the eyes, the crowd gets to their feet. That's another thing. Oh, I love Tajiri. And I love when guys do it, but Tajiri, I just noticed they're doing this one where he, like, he knows the crowd's going to be frothing for after Mikey gets done with his open with Kid Cash or whomever. And he knows eventually he's going to get in there with super crazy. But I love the, like, he knows and just he just sits there nonchalantly and just looks unimpressed. He's like, okay, yeah, you want me to go in and face this guy? Okay, and he's calm, cool, and then he gets in there and goes bonkers every time. But I just love how he's just got that swagger of like, yeah, I know. I know what you people want. He takes his he takes his baseball hat off, he puts his hard hat on, and he punches his card. Yeah, it's so time great. to go to work. But like he just sits there stone faced, like, uh-huh. Yep, I know what's gonna <laughs> we, we all know what's gonna happen here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Eventually, me and this dude are going to make eye contact, and you people are going to lose it. But, man, it, but once again, I was so happy and proud that every single, at least in the tag matches that we watched, there was always a different wrinkle and always a little bit different. And, man, that's just, once again, A, chemistry between uh, the team, and then chemistry between opponents, between Tajir and Crazy. Like, I guess you could say Tajiri was a man of good chemistry. Because, I mean, he even always had, everywhere he went, he's had great matches. He just that. No, for sure. He's just that guy. If somebody finds a bad Tajiri match, like a match that, you know, should be good with Tajiri in it that is bad, you send it my way. I would, I would love to attempt to watch it. And I'll say it now. It's the other guy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> good call. All right, Cheech. It's me and you Bring it on. against the Unholy Alliance. Bring it on. How do we beat them? Well, we first beat them after we casually stroll down the long runway of the Hammerstein Ballroom, cocksuckers. That's where we're doing this, all right? I want 2,000 crowd. I want people in the rafters going bonkers. I want to walk out to that amazing crowd and get in that ring, and we're going long. You want to know why? Because those suckers are going to do stuff. They got double teams. 
We got double teams. They got a world-famous lackey from the WWE. Uh, so do we. Uh, they got a crazy uh, ethnic man. So do we. Let's get nuts. <laughs> that doesn't explain how we would beat them, Chief. Okay, here's how we beat them. Guess what? We know one thing. They're highly susceptible to chicanery, shenanigans, and cheating. We would just pull an FBI move out of our butt, and that's how you do it. You just cheat. That's you know what I mean. The one thing we've watched, they are highly susceptible to cheaters. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was gonna say, f- first of all, we avoid those kicks it, to the best of our ability. We avoid those kicks, and in, I feel like in the last bunch of weeks, for uh, for a while here, we've been saying, well, we definitely have more moves than them. We'll just we'll just outmove them to death. That is not a thing that we can do with these two. Let me tell you, as I'm watching them do all these double teams and new stuff in their only 18 matches, like, let me tell you, like, a young Cheech of Up and Smoke would be, it was pissed off because he thought he wanted to do more double teams than anyone else on the planet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the the, the part of me that's, like, big on double teams and stuff just kept watching getting pissed off. Like, I think this mother, whoever it is, may have me beat. These motherfuckers just keep busting out new shit every week. Yeah, so uh, I don't think that we would uh, we could out double team them. I think I think personally we would have to if we're going to beat them, we have to control the pace, not let them get out ahead of us and keep things moving. We'd have to slow things down to our own pace, uh, avoid Tajiri's kicks, and then cheat. Yeah, we, we'd have to cheat. Here's the pacing we would need. An actual tag match. Like, during the matches yeah. when we were watching, I was like, ooh, this match has a little bit of, like, a, a control, a heat segment. I go, oh, okay, I can, like, it almost stood out. You know what I mean? Well, then again, in ECW, that always stood out. As we've been watching all the ECW matches, it's like, oh, when it breaks down in a normal match, it kind of sticks out. Yeah, like uh, when uh, Rob Van Dam and Sabu had a match that had structure for once we were like what is this thing even though the structure was a little weird we were like better than no structure at all yeah so that's what we would do even even mikey and the jury who had more way more structure than rvd and sabu we would still try and outstructure them we would just have a nice good old-fashioned tag match they'd be thrown off but then they'd bring their firepower and they've got plenty of it but once again they're very susceptible to shenanigans yeah, and we got shenanigans. Shenanigans we got. Exactly. That's the thing. I, in my head, I was like, are we good guys or bad guys? I go, well, we'd probably be good guys, I think. But I go, oh, no, we'd have to be bad guys to win. <laughs> Only way we're winning. Some some grade A cheating. But, yeah, that was – yeah, that's how it have to be. All right. And that was it. That was the Unholy Alliance. That was Mikey Whipwreck and Yoshihiro Tajiri. Oh, man. Once again, I'm loving the 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 trip down memory lane of – unfortunately the demise of ecw oh man yeah uh, it, i can't even <laughs> it's it's impossible if you showed somebody that just who didn't know like they had like basic knowledge of like current day wrestling if you were like check this out they'd be like what happened to this place and they would not be able to comprehend what you're telling them well luckily i guess you could look at it that way like it, it never had that you know painful uh the crowd started dwindling and you know uh the booking went bad and yada 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 i was like no they still had packed crowds they were just messed up financially but yeah you know I mean? no, that 
yeah, like late era WCW is literally unwatchable. That's what I'm saying. Like it didn't have like a, a, a it didn't like you know slowly crumble and demise. It was like no. Nope. Then just one day, everybody looked at onewrestling.com and was like, "What the hell?" Or no, no, wait, it was ECWwrestling.com. Remember, it had the extra W, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, and you were just like, "Oh, they're closed." Everybody was just like, "What?" <sighs> yeah, man. Oh, wait, and another thing I also thought about, uh, which I guess goes for their – well, you could tell me in their 18 match, uh, they were an amazing team that I don't think ever had a squash match. No, no. Yeah, that was – I the uh, the times on those matches, I don't think there was a sub-10-minute match through the whole run. Uh, Part of me, I did <laughs> – the Anarchy Rules match versus the FBI kind of is a squash match if you look at it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't even remember what the finish. I don't remember what the finish was that one, but I just wrote finish was wacky. Um, I think that was the one. It may have been where Mikey goes for like the top rope whippersnapper, and then someone hits him with the belt, and then they just pull him down, and then oh yeah, Guido messes up. He was supposed to go for like the Tamakazi, and then what's his name picks up the legs, but he commits wrong, and he just gives him like a like he's going for a backslide. And they just pick him up oh. and drop him, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" But literally, it's ninety nine percent Mikey and Tajiri. So I, you, I mean, you could say that's a squash, but I mean, it was on pay per view, and the other team won and kept their world tag title. So you know, what I mean, I don't, I would. I love that I keep trying to wrap this thing up, and you just keep telling me things about Mikey and Tajiri. Well, no, that was just the one thing I wanted to realize <laughs> that was that, like, oh wow, for a great team, they never had like a squash match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in my head. I was like, "Man, this this episode's going to be short, short." We don't, we barely have any matches to even talk about. No, they're too great. And, they're too great. <laughs> and then every time we we get off it, you're like, "And uh, another thing." But no, no, take it home. That's fine. I'm I'm doing it, Cheech. I'm taking it home. It's we're 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 already way deeper than I thought we were ever going to get on this one. <laughs> I said it. Adios. There was my go home. Adios. <laughs> Cheech said it, so on that note, we're leaving, and that's it. Say it again, Cheech. Adios.